اعوذ اللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم I seek refuge with Allah from Satan the accursed in the name of Allah the most gracious ever merciful Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all Good morning and welcome to the breakfast show at the Voice of Islam radio My name is Mubarak Amini and with me I have uh, Daniel Ahmed and in this show we will be uh, we'll start off with um, the news segment um, and then we'll delve into our two segments which is the first one will be Israel intensifies Gaza strikes killing 250 Palestinians a day and then um, the second segment will be ancient DNA reveals reason for uh, high multiple uh, cyclorosis and alzheimer's rates in europe daniel good morning and uh, assalamu alaikum may the peace and blessings of allah be upon you good morning to you as well and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh how are you today um alhamdulillah with the grace of allah almighty i'm doing good how's the how's the weather been treating you um kind of really harsh weather Yeah. Um last weekend. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, due to that harsh weather I had lost my uh, cap as well. Oh no. <laughs> so I was coming back from uh, badminton and uh, I was just outside um badminton hall and uh, my cap just flew away <laughs> to to very distant oh. far away yeah. So did you go to you try to run after it or no? Uh, I tried it but I wasn't able to find it. <laughs> Yeah no I was driving uh, past um, a poor fellow as well and mm. I, I see something come towards in, in into the middle of the road <laughs> I slow down and I, and I realize that it's actually some someone's hat and the guys are coming out of the shop trying to turn around after it as well I have find my hat <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. well uh, um anyways according to the forecast um today a a largely bright start this morning but cloud will thicken and rain will spread in from uh, the west at times patchy light rain and drizzle will remain later um turning windier later with risk of gales um tonight patchy light rain will continue this evening perhaps becoming heavy in places as winds strengthen overnight skies will clear and conditions become drier uh, on wednesday um is going to be remaining windy tomorrow morning with the with the risk of gales in 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 place places at first a dry and bright morning with some sunny spells uh cloudy skies in the afternoon with the risk of some light rain or drizzle thursday we'll see um cloudy skies and a band of patchy rain will move in from the west further showery outbreaks of rain in the afternoon mild further outbreaks of rainy overnight any lingering showers will soon clear away on friday to leave largely dry and bright conditions but it will be a little colder bright at first on saturday clouding over later on breezy and dry so there we go daniel um be ready for uh, a bit more uh, wind and 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 uh, uh, wet weather mm. make sure you um don't put your ha- your cap on <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah well you, you're driving now aren't you anyway so yeah. 
yeah so you you probably feel a lot more relaxed uh, yep. compared to before mm. um moving on to the uh newspaper headlines um which and the headlines that read today is that weight loss horror and Elon Musk visits Auschwitz a range of stories feature on the front of Tuesday's newspaper with some touching on storm isha left with which left thousands of people without power in the uk after bringing heavy rain and winds of up to 99 miles per hour the i says nothing that the country is braced for another storm within hours scotland northern ireland northwest england and wales were badly hit on monday while two people died including a 84 year old woman uh, 84 year old man after the car he was in crashed into a fallen tree in 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 grangemouth near falkirk the paper warns the storms will become the norm citing the royal meteorological society mm-hmm. and labor leader sakir starmer is on the front of the daily mail as it um cites conservative mp's hitting back at a speech he made in central london where he said the tories had become tangled up in culture wars of their own making tory mp's tell the paper they have been speaking up for traditional values the top of the sun on tuesday mentions the late night news that the us and uk launched fresh strikes against healthy targets in yemen elsewhere the paper's lead story pictures king charles alongside the headline slow down as a quote screen camilla telling her husband to take things easier after this recent health scare mm-hmm. the spring and summer 2024 fashion season kicked off with a bang in paris as models took to the catwalks um of the french capital a model appear in lena show on the front of tuesday's guardian the lead story in the broad uh, broadsheet focuses on new guidance which says health staff should not report women suspected of illegally ending pregnancies to police the paper reports citing the royal college of obstetricians and gynecologists according to the front of the daily telegraph the royal family are rallying around the duchess of york after news of a cancer diagnosis broke over the weekend elsewhere elon musk says he was naive about antiseptism during a visit to auschwitz concentration camp in poland where at least 1 million jews were murdered during the holocaust also on the front is a story about business secretary kemi uh, pledging to intervene as companies are told to collect data based on how workers identify rather than biological sex Mm-hmm. And Elon Musk is also photographed on the front of the Times as the ex formerly known as Twitter CEO visited uh, Auschwitz uh, concentration camp in Poland following uh, uproar over anti-semitic messages on his social media platform. The lead story suggests that routine Alzheimer's screening for over 50s could be a step closer. after a study used commercially available testing kit to identify disease causing proteins mm. 
The new Alzheimer's sufferers may soon be able to receive a diagnosis for the disease years before symptoms appear, also features on the front of the Daily Express. The tabloid also touches on the defeat of Rishi Sunak in the House of Lords as it votes against the Prime Minister's controversial Rwanda safety bill. Predictable is the headline. Mm-hmm. The chair of the Electoral uh, Commission, John Polinga, is on the front of the Financial Times warning the very, very tight rules which will force voters to carry ID at the general election risk. Um, certain groups. He also expresses certain uh, concerns in the broad, uh, broadsheet that the bad behavior of some politicians um, has put the younger generation off voting. The Metro leads with a story on a revolutionary gastric balloon pill, saying the treatment for obese patients has been used by the NHS for the first time. Marked in the inside image is 20-year-old Morgan Ribeiro who died in Serbia after she travelled to Turkey for weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. Devastating is the headline on the Daily Mirror as Morgan Ribeiro deaths also features on the splash ad. As it says, she wrote a harrowing post on TikTok before she passed away. The tablet says the 20-year-old booked the procedure in Turkey after enduring cruel taunts from bullies for several years. Finally, the Daily Star also mentions the huge, guess, the, the huge gusts of wind which battered parts of the UK, while its main story centres on staff at a, wild, a wildlife park in Lincolnshire who are taking a high-risk approach to tackling its parrots' swearing problem. A number of Tuesday's papers are leading with a study from Sweden which has found that a blood test can detect the earliest stages of Alzheimer's disease. The Times says it could have huge implications for routinely screening the over-50s for, the ri- for their risk of the disease. The test, the paper reports, can detect the proteins which can cause Alzheimer's which build up in the brain for 10 to 15 years before symptoms start to show and allowed researchers to assess how likely someone was to develop the disease. According to the Daily Express, the brand new di- diagnostic tool has been praised by experts as it may ultimately bring us closer towards a cure for dementia. The Daily Telegraph takes the view the simple and cheap method can measure how likely people are to develop the illness up to 15 years before they show symptoms, citing research from the study. In other news, The Sun describes the UK's second blitz in Yemen on the Houthis for refusing to stop their attacks on ships in the Red Sea. The tabloid says RAF typhoon jets unleashed laser-guided bombs on targets in Yemen. Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer is on the front of the Daily Mail as it focuses on his speech accusing the Conservatives of attacking institutions such as the Natural Trust. Starmer wades into culture wars on the side of the woke is the paper's headline. A spectacular photo of waves crashing against Blackpool Pier during Storm Isha catch the eye on the front of the eye newspaper. It also carries a prediction from the Royal Meteorological Society citing an increase in severe storms over the next decade. As the country prepares for Storm Jocelyn, its headline claims 
these storms will become the norm. The front page of the Daily Mirror is dedicated to telling the story of 20-year-old Morgan Ribeiro, who died earlier this month in Serbia after travelling to Turkey for weight loss surgery. Speaking to the paper, her mum, Erin Gibson, said she never wants this to happen to another daughter or for Morgan's life to be in vain. Finally, Tuesday's Daily Star splashes on the problem of swearing parrots at Lincolnshire Wildlife Park. According to the paper, the park has now decided to reintroduce them to their 1,000-strong flock in the hope, it says, that their profanities will be drowned out by the other birds. I mean, that is a huge problem as well at the end of it, finding parrots that are going to be swearing. Um, But moving on, Daniel, is there anything that you would like to share? Um, mm, uh, I mean, um, first of all, I think um, the very news uh, which you read uh, about Alzheimer, uh, I think it's very much related to our topic as well. Yeah. And uh, it tells that, you know, um, that uh, from the from Sweden that um, you can detect a protein uh, which causes Alzheimer um, like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, and, and we'll get into that with the yeah. with our uh, uh, segment. And uh, that secondly, um, I think um, there's uh, there's news regarding U.S. and U.K. launches um, new strikes against um, horses in Yemen. And uh, again, this is also related to our topic, kind of indirectly, that um, uh, Israel intensifies Gaza strike, um, killing pan- Palestinians. And, um, you know, after this uh, war, um, the horses uh, started to, you know, strike against um, other people. And then, you know, uh, US and UK uh, have started launching uh, new strikes against horses. And, you know, uh, there's a worry going on that um, this war might, you know, expand at a wider uh, length mm. um, and we should pray that uh, this doesn't happen because the we have you know our history has witnessed the devastating effects of World War One, uh, World War One and World War Two. So we should pray that it you know this whole situation dismantles and. Uh, we get to a point um, where we can you know. Uh, stand together uh, voicing um, for peace and um, a harmonious society so um, that's the very little thing which uh, you know um, which or you can say in essence a very big thing uh, which we should pray for and um, do you have anything um, any new thing uh, from um, from news, from worldly news, from um, uh, I would say um, any. So there has been uh, there is a a, a suspected gunman mm-hmm. uh, killed himself after shooting uh, eight dead over two days in Chicago suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a man. He is basically he he he, he was um, 
he fatally shot himself after a confrontation with with the uh, officers in Texas. Mm-hmm. Police in in Joliet said Romeo Nance was found by U.S. marshals uh, near Natalia, and the 23-year-old took his own life after a confrontation. Investigators um, have said they did not know of a a motive for the killings, but said that the man knew the victims. Mm-hmm. Um, the victims were found on on Sunday and Monday at three separate locations. Several hours after the authorities warned on social media that the man should be considered armed and dangerous, one of the people killed was found on Sunday in a home in Will County. Seven others were found on Monday at two homes in in Joliet. Authorities said they also believe another shooting in Joliet that wounded a man on Sunday is connected to the string of violence. Joliet Police Chief William Evans said, "I have been." a policeman 29 years and this is probably the worst crime scene i've ever been associated with um so that uh, brings us to the end of just lastly yeah um let's wrap up this uh, segment with um, sports and uh, there is an icc uh, under 19 world cup uh, going on and uh, almost i think Uh, every team has played their first matches and um, there are four groups i believe uh, and um, pakistan is topping in their group and then um, australia is topping in their group and then england is also topping uh, in their group and then india is also you know topping in their group as well and you know i have seen some very exciting um players uh, in under 19 cricket team and uh, let's hope uh, we get very exciting um team members for for different countries all around the globe and um, as you know uh, as the time passes um, we are seeing or witnessing more and more Uh, exciting players uh, you know who kind of uh, are developing very new and uh, exciting shorts uh, in cricket and um, myself is a very fond of uh, cricket and uh, you know kind of when you watch um, test cricket it kind of get uh, very boring sometime but you know uh, with the um, inclusion of t20 in cricket um, there's much more fan following and people like to watch more cricket um and um, that's why you know um there are some new players who kind of you know kind of try to develop new shots and uh, new techniques uh, which you know kind of make a spice uh, mm. i would say in cricket and i think with, with this we can wrap our segment as well and we'll come back with another very exciting um not really exciting um interesting topic uh, which is um kind of sad uh, at the same time that israel intensifies gaza strikes uh, killing 200 uh, plus palestinians a day and um last night i i was watching news and it was kind of uh, over 190 uh, killings a day so let's uh, take a break and we will delve into this segment
You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. So is the Ahmadiyya Khilafat a dictatorship? The simple answer is no, it is not a dictatorship. This question can be raised by two types of people. You've got one who are religious and those who are irreligious. If it's the religious people who are raising this question, then this question or this allegation simply backfires to any other prophet who ever existed and any of their successors because our system of Khilafat is no different to the divine leadership that they followed. When irreligious people ask this question, then it should be understood and it should be explained that when we talk about organized religion, unfortunately there is this impression around the world that in an organized religion you don't have the freedom to do what you want, you have to follow certain rules and regulations and um, you're, you're bound by a lot of uh, laws. And when a leader comes into the equation it becomes even more you know, uh, something to worry about. So to such irreligious people it should be made clear that when we accept the Khalifa, we do so willingly. When we perform the pledge of obedience to the Khalifatul Masih, we're not only pledging our obedience to Khalifatul Masih but in fact it's actually pledging our obedience to God Almighty and we do so willingly. There is no coercion and there cannot be any coercion in that sort of a pledge that you make. Now another thing that needs to be borne in mind is that a dictator is someone whose say and want and desire, it goes without any question. No one can challenge it, no one questions it and uh, people tend to accept it as it is and the dictator does not allow anyone to give suggestions or proposals. But we see the Ahmadiyya Khilafat to follow the very basic Islamic injunction which is to uh, consult them in important matters or the other in Quranic verse which uh, says that whose affairs are dealt with through mutual consultation. This verse is a description of the believers and we find that Hazrat Khalifatul Masih, he consults various administrative bodies when making important decisions to do with the administration of the community or matters to do with faith itself. Now the Holy Quran is complete, the Islamic teachings are complete and perfect, they don't require any further addition. But the reason we have a Khilafat is because the implementation of Islamic teachings in every passing day requires some form of interpretation. So whether we're talking about the era of social media, the era of the internet or the era that we uh, are experiencing nowadays which is a global pandemic, we require some form of interpretation and direction in implementation and that we get from the divinely guided leadership of Khalifatul Masih. A dictator tends not to keep a close bond with their followers, they don't tend to keep a very close tie with their subjects but the Khalifatul Masih has a very close and personal relationship with each and every Ahmadi Muslim around the world. The Khalifatul Masih writes to his followers, the Khalifatul Masih meets with his followers almost on a daily basis. And this is something which the Khalifa does to ensure that his followers are well and that they're pursuing the highest goals possible in every sphere of life. So is the Ahmadiyya Khilafat a dictatorship? The answer is no, it is not a dictatorship. It is far from such a thing. The Ahmadiyya Khilafat is such a leadership which the world is very unfamiliar with because there is no equivalent that can be drawn or parallel that can be drawn to it in the world that we know today. But the Ahmadiyya Khilafat is something that the world is in desperate need of. Write, writings of the Promised Messiah I call to Allah to witness that the Holy Qur'an is a rare pearl. Its outside is light. 
and its inside is light, and its above is light, and its below is light. And there is light in every word of it. It is a spiritual garden whose clustered fruits are within easy reach and through which streams flow. Every fruit of good fortune is found in it and every torch is lit from it. Its light has penetrated to my heart and I could not have acquired it by any other means. And Allah is my witness that if there had been no Qur'an, I would have found no delight in life. I find it that its beauty exceeds that of a hundred thousand Josephs. I incline towards it with a great inclination and drink it into my heart. It has nurtured me as an embryo is nurtured and it has a wonderful effect on my heart. My self is lost in its beauty. It has been disclosed to me in a vision that the garden of holiness is irrigated by the water of the Holy Qur'an, which is a surging ocean of the water of life. He who drinks from it comes to life. Indeed, he brings others to life. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. In the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, Ever Merciful. Um, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. The time is now 7.31 and we will continue um, with the, the first segment which is Israel intensifies Gaza strikes, killing 250 Palestinians a day. Um, dear listeners, if you'd like to give us a call and speak to us, um, the number is 020-8687-7878. Or you may tweet us, uh, you may tweet us at uh, Voice of Islam UK is our handle. The So Israel has, has intensified its assault on the Gaza Strip killing more than a hundred people at the Maghazi refugee camp with Palestinian authorities reporting that 250 people have been killed in a wave of strikes over 24 hours. Um, Daniel, if you could just uh, summarize the uh, article briefly. Um, yep, sure. So um, last night I, I was watching news and it says that the uh, number has uh, gone over 
25,000 um, people being killed. And um, the summary for the article, which is, you know, uh, from Al Jazeera, is, is as that the night before Christmas in Gaza was marked by some of the most uh, intense bombardments in the in the current round of fighting between Israel and the Palestinian armed group Hamas with uh, Israeli strikes leveling buildings and leaving families trapped um, beneath piles of rubble and um, Israel uh, Israeli strikes also killed um, scores of people in areas such as um, Khan Yunus um, Bridge um uh, Nuserat, uh, about you know 500 people have been injured by israeli strikes of the past and day and you know we have seen that people um who are uh, who went to uh, the refugee camp uh, in al maghazi um and the people are not even safe there they are also being killed over there and there is no point no area where they can feel um safe anymore but right now we have with us our first guest of the show um mutaraf ahmed uh, mutaraf is a recent uh, graduate from jami amdia uk which is a unique institute that um, specializes in languages and theology and he has completed the seven year course and graduated as a missionary of the MDM Muslim community. Uh, good morning Mutaraf, Assalamu alaikum and peace be on you. Uh, yeah, morning Daniel, um, peace be upon you too. I uh, hope you are doing well and uh, my first question to you is um, about um, holy war. Um, is a holy war permitted in Islam today? Yeah, so I think this question we have to look at from a different lens mm -hmm. because first of all, instigating war has never been allowed in Islam mm. and secondly, the words holy war in no way portray the true meanings of the Arabic word jihad mm. so what's happened is that people have ended up you know, translating um, the Arabic word jihad into holy war which in no way clearly, um, you know, portrays the true meaning. Mm -hmm. So the answer to this question can truly come if we look at the root meaning of the word jihad. Mm -hmm. So the Prophet and Mahdi, um, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, has highlighted that jihad has been gravely misunderstood today. So mm -hmm. jihad is an Arabic word which comes from the root uh, juhud, which means to strive. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean holy war, but it means to strive. Uh, so this obviously clarifies the meaning of jihad. Uh, moving on, one may ask, you know, Muslims fought in battles at the time of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Mm -hmm. Why can't they do this today? Mm, yep. The simple answer to uh, this question would be that the commandments allowing Muslims to fight in self-defense and that was after 13 long years of constant persecution and murder of innocent Muslims was actually only for that time period. But in regard to the latter days and uh, you know the coming of the Messiah and Mahdi, um, the, the, the time period which we're in basically today, the Quran says and the, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, um, has stated that the Messiah will come to end warfare and to create peace. 
which is exactly what the pro-Zionist rightly guided caliphs have been doing until today. Mm-hmm. So the pro-society laid the seed for peace, mm. and this seed has been sprouting um, and blossoming and turning into a beautiful tree through the caliphs of the Ahmadiyya uh, Muslim community. But if you, if you want to relate this to, you see, the situation today, we see that, unfortunately, um, as in the situation today is pretty dire, right? Um, but the, pe- the people in Gaza are not being specifically targeted for their faith, but due to the Palestinian identity, as you've probably seen already as well, um, in, in, this, in this battle, in this warfare, in this carnage, um, that the people who have been killed have been from all different kinds of faiths, right? Uh, yeah. Churches have been attacked as well. Mm. So this war is actually a prime example that violence can never end violence, but it has only increased it, and it's now spreading to other areas as well. So the Prophet Society is upon him, upon whom be peace. You know, he didn't leave us empty-handed. He gave us the key to everlasting peace, especially for the Muslims. Well over 100 years ago, he said that, number one, if Muslim scholars got together to understand the true meaning of jihad, and number two, if Muslims collectively spread the true meanings of jihad, peace will prevail, especially in the Muslim world. So often these people tend to misunderstand religion. And because of that, uh, you know, these extremist um, groups rise. So to to summarize and to answer your question in simple terms, um, fighting in the name of Islam and using Islam as a shield to fight today is not permitted. Yeah, exactly. And very beautifully explained. And, um, you know, it kind of uh, reminds me another of these, um, which says that um, when once the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, uh, was coming back from a military campaign and uh, he said that we have returned from a lesser jihad, um, which is physical and external uh, struggle, to a greater jihad that is, you know, kind of uh, spiritual and internal struggle. So, you know, he himself has explained um, that the bigger jihad is uh, against your own self, against your own nerves. So, yeah, thank you very much, very beautifully explained. Um, and my next question, question to you is that, uh, what does Islam say about uh, killing innocent civilians? Yeah, firstly, the, the Holy Quran has said that to kill even one innocent person is akin to killing all of mankind. So this one commandment, if implemented, stops all bloodshed and carnage that we see today. You know, only if the if the world and its leaders follow this commandment. So your your question, um, you know, that there is nothing that Islam would say about killing innocent civilians. Secondly, it's actually well, sorry, for, just to clarify, yep. it actually tells you to not kill any innocent civilian. Right, and it, Islam also states that giving life to a human, as if as if you've given life to all of mankind. Yeah. So, and Islam actually promotes, you know, giving life and saving lives. And secondly, just to um, 
to clarify is that Islam, 1400 years ago, when war and self-defense was permitted, not only commanded to not kill innocent people, but to not even cut down a fruitful tree or ruin an inhabited place. So even this commandment of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, all right, just clarifies or to the extent that when war was actually permitted, um, to, to, to not even go to, to even cut down a fruitful tree or ruin an inhabited place. So killing innocent civilians doesn't even come into question. Hmm. You see, in essence, Islam means peace, and uh, there would be everything but peace if innocent civilians were allowed to be killed. Or even if war was permitted to be instigated by, by Muslims in the name of Islam. The Holy Prophet, peace upon him, has uh, beautifully stated that by him in whose hands is my life, you will not enter paradise unless you believe. And you will not truly believe unless you love one another. He said that, should I tell you something whereby you will love one another? And he stated that, multiply, multiply the greeting of peace among yourselves. And I think the saying summarizes um, the answer beautifully um, to, to your question. Yes, uh, very beautifully explained again. And um, you, you know, mentioned the promised Messiah, uh, may peace be on him, um, that his whole purpose was to, you know, um, to pay the due rights of Allah Almighty and secondly, to pay the due rights of um, his creation um, uh, or our fellow beings. And that's, you know, also summarizes Islam as well, that there's only two things which we have to do um, and firstly which is uh, to you know obey the commandments of Allah Almighty uh, to pay his rights and also to pay and the rights of uh, human beings and um, my last question to you is that what role does Islam play uh, in bringing people from different faiths together yeah so if I if I may start with this, mm-hmm. that the attributes of God or Allah the Almighty, the Holy Quran mentions, um, is that He is the source of peace and the bestower of security. And the establishment of peace and maintenance of security must therefore be the constant objective of all Muslims and non-Muslims alike. So every pursuit and activity which disturbs peace is severely condemned in Islam. And we actually find specific injunctions in the Holy Quran um, you know, regarding this, such as um, in one, one of the verses it states that, and create not disorder in the earth after it has been set in order. And there are many verses um, you know, in, in, in similar meanings. So, so mischief and wickedness are condemned in, in several other, other verses and Muslims are basically commanded to work only for peace. Today, what we see is that the Ahmadiyya Muslim community from its foundation has been striving to, to bring all mankind together under the banner of peace. And I'll just mention one example today. Um, and, and the prime example of this is the Voices for Peace campaign, which 
was recently, a couple of months ago, launched by His Holiness, the fifth caliph of mm-hmm. the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And Voices for Peace events are being organized by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community all around the world, bringing people from different faiths and backgrounds together. In fact, we have organized such events in the UK Parliament and even in the Capitol Hill, inviting faith leaders and politicians, you know, just to raise awareness on how serious the current situation is and to kind of bring everyone together um, in dialogue, right? And this is just, like I said, this is just a drop from the ocean mm. because the basic objectives of the coming of the Prophet Sallallahu as you obviously rightly mentioned as well, was to firstly reignite the relationship between man and God, and secondly to remind mankind regarding the rights uh, you know, we owe to each other. And especially the second one, reminding mankind regarding the rights we owe to each other. That, that simple outcome of that would be peace. And this would well, both of them, both of the things that I mentioned, both the objectives of the current Prophet peace uh, upon whom be peace, actually bring people from different faiths together. And if I may um, add to this quickly, yeah, sure. uh, the Holy Quran has been very clear in uh, trying to, or in striving to bring people together. And one verse very clearly comes to our mind. In the Holy Quran, it states that. Hmm. which essentially means that come to a, a word which is equal between us and you. Exactly. So this essentially means to find common ground, uh, which should be the main objective uh, for obviously not just every human being, but at least for the Muslims to pursue and to, to bring everyone together under, uh, you know, common ground between each other. Thus, Muslims basically are commanded um, to pursue interfaith harmony and bring all people together. And the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is striving basically day in and day out to achieve this very purpose. Thank you very much, uh, Imam Mutarif Amal, very beautifully explained and uh, uh, and uh, very, you know, uh it's it was very uh lively to speak to you as well and um also you know uh, it is really important for us being as a muslim and for others um who believe in different faiths um to come together as you have mentioned uh, for a common cause or common point you know there is no choice for us um just to you know follow this guidance and this is the only way which we can achieve peace and you know this is what uh, every everyone is demanding and there's only this way um, through which we can establish peace um thank you very much again and for joining us and for giving us your time and uh, thank you very much Zakallah. may peace thank and you. blessing Allah be upon you Zakallah. So that was Mutarif Ahmed, um, a graduate from Jamia Ahmadiyya UK 
a unique institute that specializes in languages and theology. He has completed this seven-year course and graduated as a missionary of the MDM Muslim community and, you know, uh, gave us um, very beautiful insight um, in the light of uh, Islam, uh, Sharia, and um, through the um, the in from the in the light of um, the teachings of uh, the promised Messiah, may peace be on him. So, um, as we were mentioning about the um, the 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 the, um, the strikes that have been intensified, mm. on, uh, you know, in which you mentioned that there are. Um, more than 250 Palestinians that are being killed a day, right? Um, so there was uh, a a woman who actually was 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 wailing at the Maghazi refugee camp, and mm. and her, her her words were, "My entire family is gone. All five of my brothers are gone. They didn't leave me any brothers. All of them. You know, we can't even imagine the feelings that these people must be going through when they lose." Not just one, but you know the whole family blues all the male members of the families um it's very it's very hard to actually position yourself in their in their place um so the the most that we can do is definitely we can pray for them at the end of the day um and there are other means in which we can help mm-hmm. um help th- those in need and we should we should try to use those avenues and and uh, find ways. Uh, Palestinians lined up to touch the the shrouded bodies of those killed in Israel strikes on the camp in a funeral uh, commemorating dozens of people who were killed, many of them women and children. Um, A reporter in Gaza said the figure has now reached more than 100. The government media office in, in Gaza said seven families were wiped out in the Israeli attack on a residential square in the camp. The Israeli army doesn't spare civilians, a resident of Maghazi told. My child said to me, help me, what's happening? I can't breathe. Um, so these are the um, terrifying words of, of, this, of, of those uh, beloved and poor civilians that are there at the moment. And, you know, when, when, when one reads these, it really shakes your core. Um, I mean that's how I feel mm-hmm. and 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 to the listener I I mean um we should be uh, spreading more awareness about this and we should be praying for for those certain individuals out there as well um I have a small clip that I'd like to play uh in which um we it's it's a clip from uh, the MTA YouTube so the uh, Muslim Television Ahmadiyya YouTube channel regarding the three steps to resolve the Palestine issue. One of the most crucial steps towards solving this issue is for both sides, particularly Palestine, to find a diplomatic voice to represent all Arab Palestinians. Hamas disagrees with the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the PIJ. Both of them don't want to stand behind the Palestinian National Authority, the PNA. So unless there is one spokesperson, the Palestinian voice won't carry any value in the international political theatre. Once there is a unified voice on both sides, there should be negotiations through diplomacy regarding the future of both peoples. Till now, there have been efforts towards this, but they've unfortunately been short-lived. And the fact is that 
escalation in tensions has only led and will continue to lead to the loss of innocent lives. The next step is for nations around the world to encourage talks for ceasefire as opposed to providing arms and weaponizing the two nations and fairness in dealing with the two nations. This is absolutely key. The disparity in treatment is becoming more and more apparent to the world, and particularly now through social media, is the disparity becoming more and more evident. What's more is that media outlets and social media giants, they've used their platforms to silence and censor support for one group, all the while allowing for the propaganda of the other side to be seen without any censorship whatsoever. The war crimes being committed and basic human rights being neglected is absolutely appalling and atrocious. So there needs to be fairness and justice in treatment. The third step is prayer. The situation now, unfortunately, has become so dire that only Allah can help this situation get better. It's gone on for far too long, and the longer it is left, it seems that the more challenging it will be to resolve this conflict. The Holy Quran very clearly states in Surah Al-Anbiya, and already have we written in the book of David, after the exhortation, that my righteous servants shall inherit the land. Herein surely is a message for people who worship God. A Muslim must remember that the only condition to be a true inheritor of this land, which is the Holy Land, is to be among the Qawmin Abidin, the true servants of God. Not warfare, not politics, and even before negotiation must this be fulfilled. Effectively, the only way to be a true rightful heir to the Holy Land, according to the verdict of the Holy Quran, is to be a true servant of God. This has been the message of the Ahmadiyya Khilafat, and this alone is something that can lead to a solution. Um, in Since the October 7th, at least, unfortunately, Daniel, um, at least 24,700 plus... I mean, uh, more than 25,000. Well, more than uh, 25,000 have, yeah. have been killed in, in, in Gaza. Um, you know, out of which they say that 9,600 were women and children. Um, so, you know, most of them are civilians and they've been killed in, in relentless uh, bombardment. So, you've mentioned that Islam doesn't give permission uh, to attack civilians and everything. Can you, can you tell us that, the, the full um, uh, quotation? Yeah, sure. So... Um, as you know, you mentioned that Islam doesn't uh, give permission to attack civilians. So um, there's a this that which says that Muslims go forth in the name of Allah and fight in the cause of Allah. Um, do not defraud in the matters of the spoils, uh, nor cheat the enemy. Do not mutilate the enemy dead, nor kill women or children or monks or priests, nor those who have arrived at extreme old age. Sorry, uh, always try to improve people's condition and behave um, benevolently towards them. Allah loves the benevolent. So, as you know, Islam has uh, set a certain criteria for war. Just how beautiful is that? Yep. And uh, if if um, we follow the teachings of Islam, mm. yeah, even if even if a normal person sees these words, uh, who's not a Muslim. Um, he would understand how much how much of a loving you know, Islam tells that even if you are going for a war 
It's only to achieve the peace. Exactly. Yeah. It, you know, we can see that how much of a loving religion Islam truly is, and mm. um, how Islam or doesn't teach us uh, to go out for war in in a way to hurt others. Mm. It's only, I mean, as Mutarif, Imam Mutarif mentioned that Islam was only allowed to go to war when they were being persecuted in the most severe conditions. Only then was Islam uh, 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 Islam brought around to to, to allow um, go to go to war, uh, which is what people don't exactly realize yeah. and and don't have the knowledge about. Yep, and you know per, um, then uh, during the reign of the um, Holy Prophet, I may peace be uh, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, the first Caliph of Islam then came and um, the the Hazrat Abu Bakr uh, Siddiq um, yeah, he used to add that leave alone those who have dedicated their lives to the service of God and also that to which they are dedicated do not cut down fruit trees nor ruin any um, inhabited place and you know this kind of reminds me a uh, commandment from the Holy Quran as well uh, where you know the very first commandment where um, Muslims, you know, got the commandment to fight mm. and it was only uh, allowed to fight against uh, your enemy in in a time when, you know, you are being attacked. Right. Um, and in those uh, commandments, Allah says that uh, you should fight so that you can protect churches, synagogues and mosques and other um, places of worship. Yeah. And that's the whole purpose. Islam doesn't say that you have to protect yourself only or your mosque. Islam says also try to protect uh, the churches or, um, or people from of other yeah. people. Yeah. So that's the whole purpose. And, you know, any any person, if, you know, they uh, go through the commandments or the teachings of the Holy Quran, they'll find that it is only to find a common ground to find and achieve and establish peace. That's the only purpose uh, which Islam tries to, you know, achieve. Indeed, indeed. Um, and 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 again, Daniel, uh -huh. there is um, there are other there. There's many. We'll talk about this after the the uh, after news break, break yeah. as well. But there are so many other um, ways that we can help the the civilians out there. There are NGOs, there are uh, charities, um, all that are working uh, tirelessly towards um, helping and getting medical aid and, and equipment out there. Uh, we'll discuss that after the break as well. Um, but the least that we can do for uh, our brothers and sisters is to pray for them. And every minute, every every chance that we can get, we should always try to, to remember those uh, individuals in our prayers that may... Um, uh, May Allah the Almighty help them. Allah 
أشهد أن محمدا listening to the voice of islam radio in the name of allah the most gracious ever merciful assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah may peace and blessings of allah be upon you all welcome back to the breakfast show the time is 3 minutes past 8 and we were continuing with our segment israel intensifies gaza strikes killing 250 palestinians a day the listeners the number is 0208687778 and you may be able to call us if you want to and our uh, twitter handle is at voice of islam uk i just wanted to um, play a, a a short statement of the ahmadiyya muslim community on recent escalations in the israeli and, and palestinian conflict um you know this statement was published according to the guidance of the worldwide head of the ahmadiyya muslim community his holiness hazrat mirza hazrat mirza masrur ahmed may allah be his helper the uh, current caliph of the promised messiah of the age over the past few days hundreds of israelis and palestinians including women children and the elderly have been killed or injured as a result of senseless violence and bloodshed The killing or harming of innocent civilians is a direct violation of the teachings of the Holy Prophet of Islam, peace and blessings be upon him, who taught that even in a state of warfare, no woman, child or elder should be targeted or harmed in any way, nor should any religious leader or place of worship be attacked. We pray and urge for an immediate end to hostilities and for peace to prevail so that no more lives are lost. For that It is necessary that the channels of communication between relevant parties and nations remain open. Until a ceasefire occurs, any military action taken must ensure that civilians do not come to any harm. Furthermore, Muslim countries within the region should unite in an effort to establish peace and to ensure that the rights of those innocent Palestinian people who have no link with extremists are protected. We urge the United States and other influential nations to abstain from any actions or statements that may further inflame the volatile situation. Instead, alongside the relevant international organizations, they should make every possible effort to urgently de-escalate the conflict and secure peace as soon as possible. Justice and equity are of paramount importance in achieving lasting and sustainable peace. Thus, all the major powers must focus on establishing long-term and sustainable peace based upon the principles of fairness and true justice daniel we were mentioning about um humanity first um that how humanity humanity first is a uh, a, a charity uh, serving mankind and it has been uh, delivering vital support in 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 gaza and um you know the 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 war in gaza obviously we all know is having a catastrophic um you know impact on the on the on the population so essentials such as food water medicine hygiene um you know and shelter they are very short in supply over there um the the united nations reports that since um 7 october up to 1.9 million 
or over 85% of the population, you know, have been displaced across the Gaza Strip, some multiple times. Families are forced to move repeatedly in search of safety. Um, you know, Humanity First is delivering vital aid such as uh, blankets, jackets, water, rice, uh, flour, beans, sugar and non-perishable food items, as well as working with um, the partners um, and, and to, pro- to provide medical aid. Um, we had the chairman of uh, Humanity First and the director of Humanity First, um, who actually uh, just very recently have been uh, to um, uh, Rafa. Uh, so I wanted to play their uh, audio clips uh, for the benefit of uh, our listeners. Hi, this is Aziz from Humanity First. Uh, in Rafah, in Gaza, as you know, from the Hope for Gaza program, the needs in Gaza are immense. And I've come here today on the ground with my team to hear firsthand the issues that we're seeing. And we've already been here 24 hours and as you can see, even now we're in a relatively safe part of Rafah, but the bombing is still going on in the background. The needs are immense. There's countless IDPs across the whole city living in informal settings. They've got no access to water, they've got no access to food, and they've got no access to sanitation. As we walk through the streets, you can smell the stench of sewage because there is no power to pump the, the sewage motors. We need you to continue to support our work, continue to support our work. We have been able to get blankets, food, jackets into the people, for the people of Gaza, but it is a drop in the ocean. It is only a drop in the ocean. People here are working tremendously hard. Our own volunteers, our partners, MAP, Anera, many, many good colleagues. We need you to continue our support continue supporting with your funding and we will continue to try to implement areas of need which is wash, health, food security, shelter. As we speak we are trying for a tent village, a tent village here in Rafa to try to house the displaced IDPs. Thank you for all your support. My name is Yusuf, I'm uh, one of the directors at Humanity First. I'm here at in Rafa at the moment and as you can see you've got a, a tent city at the back of uh, myself and there are a number of these tent cities across this part of Rafa. Very informal settings, you would have heard from our chairman Dr Aziz as well in terms of the plight of the situation, uh, the circumstances in how these individuals are living with their families. Many have lost loved ones, they have been shifted from the north to the south, it's very condensed it's congested, it's very difficult. My plea to yourselves is that the medical need is huge, it's massive, um, and the simple thing that you can do is to provide your donations to help and support and assist the changes that are needed here um, to sustain those changes to prevent diseases like hepatitis, cholera, and other disease, waterborne diseases that are occurring because of the poor sanitation and hygiene facilities that there are here. The lack of primary care health services is notable. It's very, very difficult. Lack of medication and provision to be able to provide the simplest things of being able to see children, women, pregnant women, etc. Um, we need to be able to have your support and without your support, this work cannot continue. Um, help us to be able to help them and also remember the people of Gaza in your prayers as well. Thank you.
Dear listeners, um, the Humanity First uh, Charities website is HFUK. Um, if any of you wants to contribute towards um, their appeals, you may visit their website, hfuk.org, or you may um, find it comfortable looking th- towards other charities that are helping this cause and, and um, that are making uh, contributes. You can, you can help um through 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 their websites um for for those people in need um we will be heading towards uh, the end of this segment uh, i want to play a uh, a small message um after which we'll head straight to the break and after the break we'll continue with uh, segment 2 so dear listeners do stay with us um after this clip and after the short break as well Sadly, we are witnessing great instability across the world today in the conflict between Hamas and Israel, resulting in the loss of innocent life. Now, over recent days, we've seen a huge increase in the martyrdom of innocent Palestinians, including many children and women. The situation is fast moving and it's incredibly difficult to predict what might happen. But it appears as if a world war is a real and imminent possibility. It's troubling that political powers of the world are not striving, nor do they have the courage to achieve peace. Our spiritual guide and leader, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, last Friday instructed all Ahmadis to focus their energy on calling on Allah the Almighty to save the world from this impending catastrophe. To the degree that he has told all Ahmadi Muslims to focus on this matter in each and every prayer of the day. Our heart pains with anguish at the suffering we are witnessing fellow Muslims endure and we will pray for all of the innocent who have been killed and their families. Please listen to the call of our Khalifa and pray with full concentration and passion for peace and absolute justice in the world. Allah has decreed, Most surely, I will prevail, I and my messengers. Verily, Allah is powerful, mighty. The Arabic expression, Al-Aziz, means the mighty, one who is dominant, that cannot be dominated, one who is powerful and superior over all else. Al-Aziz is that striking being who alone has the power to bestow prophethood upon man and to guide mankind towards righteousness. It is this eminent attribute of Allah that has allowed great prophets of the past to succeed in their respective missions. The chief of all prophets, the holy prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was undoubtedly the most cherished recipient of God's limitless favors. At the dawn of the victory of Mecca, 
the Muslims marched wholeheartedly. After being betrayed by their treaty-bound brothers, this was a day where the inhabitants of Mecca witnessed God's might. The reign of cruelty, which had caused the followers of Islam unimaginable agony, was brought to an abrupt end. The peaceful conquest of Mecca was made possible only through God and His might. Allah's might is widely experienced by all prophets of this world. The promised Messiah on whom be peace came at a time when people had become void of morality and were ruled by Mulvis and extremists who no one dared to oppose. The promised Messiah on whom be peace expressed that at the time of his claim, not many believed in him. In fact, he faced an onslaught of ignorance, hatred, and ridicule. The promised Messiah on whom be peace faced numerous fatwas and false court cases were made against him. In these moments, it seemed almost impossible that the promised Messiah on whom be peace and his godly mission would prevail. But it was the might, Al-Aziz, that silenced the jesters, created love where there had been hatred, and brought justice in times of unfairness. Al-Aziz stood like a mountain safeguarding the promised Messiah on whom be peace from all forms of harm. This was the might of the powerful God that enabled his devout servant to reign over his opponents and to once again radiate the ever-bright light of Islam upon the darkened world. Al-Aziz is the great altruistic God whose power is dominant over all others. His might is a magnificent sign of the truth of his prophets and their prevalence is evidence of his existence. This world would not be as it is without the mighty Creator. It has been written and proven time and time again that He will prevail. How then can one deny His flourishing superiority? Now one thing that stands out about Hazrat Usman anhu, and Hazur has spoken about this, he, he mentions his incidences of generosity and compassion and, and love for the brothers and sisters of, of Islam. Where the Muslims in Medina were again suffering from a famine and, and, and a drought, Hazrat Usman anhu, he, at this time he is returning from a business trip and he has so many different goods with him. And the, and the, and the merchants and the businessmen of, of Medina approach him at that time and they say to him, look, at this time, we can all get together. We can happily, easily boycott all of the residents of Medina. We can bump up the prices of our goods and we can make a huge profit because these people are desperate. They have no choice but to buy from us. Hazrat Usman, anhu, when he heard this, all of the goods that he had initially planned to sell to the people of Medina, 
He distributed them amongst all of the people, free of cost, without any recompense from anybody else. Now this was his generosity and his compassion for the people living there at that time. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. In the name of Allah, the Most Gracious, Ever Merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. The time is 20 past 8, and we are starting segment 2, which is Ancient DNA Reveals Reason for High Multiple Sclerosis and Alzheimer's Rates in Europe. Now, researchers have created the world's largest uh, ancient human gene bank by analysing the bones and and, and teeth of almost 5,000 humans who lived across Western Europe and Asia up to 34,000 years ago. By sequencing ancient human DNA and comparing it to modern-day samples, the, the international teams of experts mapped the historical spread of genes and diseases over time as populations migrated. This segment aims to discuss the findings of this study. Dear listeners, um, we have with us our first guest for this segment. Um, Our first guest is Dr. Muhammad Iqbal, producer producer and host of of, uh, Living History on Voice of Islam Radio. Dr. Iqbal is a retired pharmaceutical management professional who has worked for some time of the who, who has worked for some of the, the the biggest pharmaceutical companies including Novartis and AstraZeneca he has also been a board member as a non-executive director for a variety of NHS organizations in Bradford where he lives um, Dr Muhammad Iqbal assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and good morning wa alaikum salam and thank you for having me um, without any further ado, uh, what is the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? Well, dementia is a dementia is a general uh, term. I've got a bit of an echo here. That's why it's a bit off-putting, but I hope you can hear me okay. No, no, we can hear you fine. Um, so dementia is a general term uh, to explain the sort of uh, uh, mental ability um, problems that uh, people have, especially in older age. And Alzheimer's is really a specific cause of dementia, which represents 60 to 80% of dementia cases. 
So it's clearly the major form of dementia and other forms of dementia. Dementia have quite complex names and etiology and you know, background, but uh, that's basically it. But they, it's the biggest chunk of dementia, right. Alzheimer's uh, disease. And there are more specific sort of um, uh, ideas now of how Alzheimer's caused, and perhaps we can uh, go into that, or do you want me to do that uh, now for listeners? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can we can do that now for the listeners. If... I mean, ba- ba- basically, what I think listeners need to understand is, you know, the brain is one of the most complex uh, organs mm. or areas of the human body, and uh, uh, there are billions, or estimated to be over 100 billion nerve cells, which really define us as human beings and allow us to do our day-to-day activity. And when something goes wrong with them, that's when you know mental health problems uh, arise and. Uh, as we get older, although Alzheimer's is not necessarily related to, because uh, not all aging people end up with uh, Alzheimer's, yeah. but as you age, the uh, risks become greater and these cells start getting damaged because they're arranged in a very complex manner and in complex bunches, which allow us to do our, you know, uh, specific thinking, learning, remembering things, etc., having sense of smell, hearing, etc. And when they start getting damaged due to certain uh, proteins, basically, which Mm. jam the system up, that's when you get the degenerative disease, which is what Alzheimer's is. It's a degenerative disease that causes problems in our older loved ones. Um, Dr. Iqbal, do you think is, is, is Alzheimer's, is it hereditary? Um, there's a number of fact- risk factors really related to Alzheimer's and uh, certain genes have been identified um, in patients with risk of Alzheimer's so there is a, a degree of hereditary involved. Certainly people, uh, if people in a family have Alzheimer's then there is a, a lot more risk that others will develop it at some stage and if both sides of the family mother and father have added then there's obviously increasing uh, chances so yes there is a hereditary but there is environmental uh, you know areas as well and certain types of diseases etc uh, which can affect it um, unfortunately the you know South African Afro Caribbean populations tend to be at higher risk almost double compared to uh, white people and certain Latinos. So there's probably a hereditary link there as well. What treatments are available to slow down the, you know, the, the progression of the disease then? Generally, the um, all the treatments tend to be those which um, try to control the symptoms. Uh, because as I say, it's, uh, you know, the brain's a very, very complex area. And uh, uh, these um, sort of help uh, uh, in terms of um, uh, the, the symptoms that are associated uh, uh, and these are cholinesterase inhibitors that uh, we know a common one is um, brand name Aricept uh, Donny Pazel uh, is but one name these are from my memory of pharmaceutical industry when I used to go. however uh, you know, a lot of research recently uh, has been done in this area, and now there are more specific biological uh, agents, antibody-related, which target the specific proteins which damage the nerve cells, uh, and these are available now.
now they are quite expensive and obviously not all uh, NHS bodies approve it so if they've been approved by the National Institute of Clinical Excellence etc uh, and the NHS organizations then doctors can prescribe those and mm. uh, what they do is they slow the progression of the disease not just have an impact on uh, the the symptoms etc so quality of life clearly is very important but if you can slow the progression then that's a very good idea and you know early on of course our cancer treatments worked in the same manner of slowing the progression and then slowly so there isn't actually a cure for it but you can slow the progression uh, of it mm-hmm. right so um you know how should one approach uh, care for a patient with alzheimer's what what would be your words to those families that have people with them uh, that are suffering from this disease uh, i i think it's increasingly becoming common and i'm sure lots of families uh, yeah. will have come across a, a loved one with it so uh, it's important really to uh, you know take care of these vulnerable uh, older patients and you can actually become a registered carer that's very very important and people should get uh, proper assessments done on the sort of things that are required to be a carer and there are certain benefits uh, that you can get as well because uh, people need uh, support um and that certainly if somebody is seriously got the dementia but if they're early onset you know you can uh, help them and support them for example if they're uh, you know going around the house or in the kitchen you can label things uh, a lot better so that they can find them because a lot of it is about memory and orientation uh for people they just tend to forget things for example they might forget dates or they might forget names or they might have forgotten even what they said more uh, recently so these are things that you can uh, help with and um, if it's early onset then you can help them with their shopping with their finance etc because quite often it's the short term memory that is lost faster Uh, you know somebody will try to tell you a, a name of somebody and they just won't remember there but later on back to them uh, and simply with the finances uh, etc you yeah. can help them quite a bit in these but certainly if there is a case of serious uh, dementia and alzheimers then you should get a carer's assessment and uh, there's full support of the nhs you just need to google care of dementia or alzheimers and a lot of information crops up on nhs websites or government websites uh, and i know you mentioned about the uh, the treatments and and slowing down of 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 uh, alzheimers um and the the holy prophet of islam uh, may the peace and blessings of allah be upon him uh, is reported to have said that there is no disease that allah has created except that he also has created its treatment so uh, we obviously um, as muslims as brothers we uh pray for uh, researchers and we, we we pray for um a, a pure and permanent cure for this uh disease and 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 these these types of diseases as well um so with that dr iqbal i thank you very much um I, if if you don't mind we might have another question from my from my co-host as well so i am um, i just wanted to ask that um what sort of lifestyle or diet uh, we should you know kind of prevent um you know we are we see that we are getting a lot of um, alzheimer nowadays and is there any external factors like uh, which are causing like our diet or lifestyle um if you can you know elaborate on this point uh, certainly food uh, does have a, a big impact um 
Um, I, I mean, the right sorts of food, natural foods are quite important because one of the key factors that contributes um, to uh, development of Alzheimer's is if you get things like vascular diseases, etc. Uh, and clearly, you know, you mentioned at the start uh, the DNA sequencing, etc. It's difficult to predict, you know, many thousands of years ago exactly what the diet types or problems will, will have been. But uh, clearly, those have been will have been associated with the uh, uh, with the way human DNA has uh, developed uh, as well. So diets that are high in fat, etc., don't uh, uh, help. So you need to be careful. And exercise, regular exercise, is very important. Blood circulation in the brain is very important. So you should, you know, have regular walks, etc. Uh, and uh, you know, memory joggers are uh, always uh, good. And uh, um, one of the you know great things in our culture is obviously you know re- reading the holy book and memorization and keeping the brain uh, uh, active. All, all these things really help. Indeed, indeed, uh, uh, perfect. And and thank you very much, Dr. Iqbal, for for taking the time out and joining us this morning. Uh, may Allah be with you. Jazakallah. Assalamualaikum. So, um, Daniel. In in chapter twenty six verse eighty one, um, Allah the Almighty has has promised uh, that, and when I am ill, it is He who restores me to health. That is, every illness can can you know ultimately um, you know be cured by by Allah the Almighty, and that is why uh, an attribute of His is uh, Al Shafi, the 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 curer. So, uh, in that regards. It's our duty as um, fellow fellow humanitarians, um, brothers in humanity, brothers in, in in faith, that we all pray for each other as well. When we know that there's someone suffering a certain condition, uh, a certain medical issue, our first uh, our first job, our first uh, you know the right the other person has from us is that we pray for them, uh, and definitely with with prayers we see miracles uh, around us everywhere. Uh, we just need to open our eyes and and take a look, um, and we can see that how Allah the Almighty, uh, you know, He helps, even in cases where the doctors have 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 said that there's no chance for this person's survival or there's nothing that can be done. Um, you know, there's always a route that can be taken, and um, cures have uh, have have uh, there's been people have been cured from different types of diseases and illnesses, and we can just see that. There are, um, you know, manifestations of of God that He's helped in His miraculous ways. Um, most certainly, and you know, as you have mentioned that um, the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has said that there is no disease that Allah has created. But there is also one thing which we need to remember is that we are only a soldier to a patient. Um, as the Holy Prophet uh, has also said and it's physician he said uh, further that it's physician is he who has created him so we always need to keep this uh, specific point in our mind and bear that that um, we are nothing we are only a source of uh, healing that person Mm. Um, most certainly, it is the it is God Almighty who is the who is Shafi, who is the healer, main healer. He has, uh, if he has created us, obviously he should have that cure. Yeah, yeah. So, but first of all, we need to understand that point. There is God. Yeah. Yeah. 
if we don't believe in one god then how can we you know um, believe that um, somebody you know um, higher up or higher deity could you know uh, heal me so you know, th- so that idea really helps you know even uh, to heal somebody or to heal yourself and then th- there is another point which i would like to mention is that uh, there is an uh, hadith uh, the saying of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of be upon him that um, even a smile is a form of charity yeah and that's a very beautiful you know um, saying of the holy prophet you know uh, why i am mentioning this hadith is that for example if a person is not feeling well yeah and you don't have any you know kind of cure for him or her and you don't have anything for to say to her you know to try to soothe her yeah. or him the simple thing you can do is that just smile to her to him or her yeah even that smile you know can bring happiness or positive vibe uh, which you know kind of uh, leads to um, his or her uh, cure yeah i mean it's it's kind of a, a natural thing right yeah. if you're not feeling well and i come to you and i start sobbing in front of you that oh you're not well mm. then it's going to make you uh lose your um you know use your motivation and and your morals are going to be down um you need to have good spirits in those in those times and that's why um as a friend as a family person as 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 as, uh, as a member of the family you should keep their spirits up and the best thing is to um smile towards them and be nice to them like you just mentioned and obviously uh, smiling is also a a so nice is is um it's an act of the it's an act of the it's an act of the of the uh, holy prophet of islam uh, so it's 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 very helpful in that sense you know our body is wired in such a way that it works not uh, i would say that it works not logically rather biologically yeah, yeah. so our hormones act so for example if i say just uh, to somebody yeah please smile yeah yeah by saying that no no one can smile or can feel any positive vibe yeah yeah but you have to act in in a certain way and make him or her uh, feel that you know um, compassion for for that thing and uh, um there's uh, mobiles if you can you know uh, tell us that what is the link between alzheimer and um, multiple sclerosis um so uh, some people with multiple sclerosis um you know experience a loss of some of their mental abilities um they say that this happens if damage is caused by the um ms uh, occurs in in certain parts of the brain like um, we were mentioned earlier people may be affected to different degrees and in in different ways uh, over a period of time mm. and the you know the mental they say the mental abilities uh, are most likely to be affected um and and those are of memory concentration and and problem solving um you know they may also experience emotional problems such as mood swings and and personality changes um the term dementia is not generally used in association with multiple sclerosis because the decline is not usually as severe as it is in other forms of dementia such as alzheimer's disease it's also um more usual to describe the person as experiencing mm. uh, cognitive difficulties and certainly you know um yeah, i've personally experienced that um 
Uh, if we look around um, our uh, circle, uh, people kind of, you know, uh, are experiencing uh, more uh, cognitive difficulties. Yeah. And um, if, you know, um, there's a study carried out. Um, so in Northern Europe has the highest uh, prevalence of multiple sclerosis in the world. And uh, a new study has found that the genes that, uh, you know, significantly increase a person's risk of um, developing multiple sclerosis uh, were introduced into northwestern Europe around 5,000 years ago by sheep and cattle mm. herders, uh, you know, migrating to uh, from the east. You know, kind of very um, interesting um, um, study which has been found. And um, by analyzing the DNA of ancient human bones and teeth um, found at the at documented locations across uh, Eurasia, researchers traced the geographical spread of MS from its origin on the Pontic uh, Steep. Uh, this is a region uh, spanning parts of what we you know now call Ukraine, uh, Southwest uh, yeah, Russia, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. West Kazakhstan. Okay. So. Um, if we, you know, further see that, um, the look into the findings of this study, um, we see that the extraordinary study involved a large international team, uh, led by a professional, uh, Professor SK um, at the universities of uh, Cambridge and uh, Copenhagen, uh, Professor Thomas at the University of Copenhagen, and Professor. Um, Rasmus um, Nielsen at University of California uh, uh, and Berkeley and, and involved um, contributions from 175 researchers from around the globe mm. and you know they found very um, interesting um, study uh, that the startling origins of uh, neurodegenerative disease including multiple sclerosis why um, northern Europeans today are taller than people from um, southern Europe how major migration around 5,000 year ago introduced uh, risk genes into the population in northwestern Europe you know it leaves um, leaving a legacy of higher rates of um, MS uh, today carrying the MS gene was a an advantage at the time as it you know protected ancient farmers from catching infectious diseases from the sheep and cattle so you know genes known to increase the risk of diseases such as alzheimer's and type 2 diabetes were traced back to hunter gatherers and further analysis hoped to reveal more about the generate uh, genetic markers of autism, ADHD, uh, bipolar disorder, and many other uh, diseases. Hopefully, hopefully, and um, you know, we we obviously pray for um, the advancement of the of 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 this kind of research mm. um, because obviously it will help with many many other types of. Um, like you just mentioned, ADHD and 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 bipolar disorder, yeah. it will help with many different types. And there are so many people that we we see day in day out that are suffering from uh, all these kind of issues. Um, again, you know, the, the the least we can do is is pray for 
um, those people in in these kind of situations as well. Um, that's why in 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 um, in in a, a Friday sermon on the nineteenth of December, two thousand eight. Uh, His Holiness, the current Caliph, the the head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mizam Masur Ahmad, he said that in certain conditions, people afflicted with certain illnesses seek adequate medical care at advanced facilities in developed countries, yet they may or may not recover. So, you know, we should remember that we can go to the best places in the world for for, for treatment. Um, They will not be cure in that in that for you until there is uh, you know blessing in it from from God Almighty to to help you recover um, that's where it comes in that we remember uh, we, we remember to pray for ourselves when we're in that situation and ask the Lord uh, to help us and, and give us health and strength in this you know there's one more point which I would like to add is that for example um, if there is something with you yeah doesn't matter how small or big it is uh, I Personally, I would say that we should always be grateful to God Almighty. Yeah, that's the one thing which you know make you always make you be positive and think um, more constructively. And um, if you are grateful, then Allah Almighty says that He will give you more. Yeah, indeed. So that's the point which we need to bear in our minds, um, and. Uh, you might think that this is a very small thing uh, to be grateful to God Almighty, but there are people, uh, you know, who are kind of <clears throat> think uh, very negatively or they think that, you know, uh, I have this thing and I can't do anything um, if uh, this um, disease or um, this thing doesn't get removed. So they kind of, you know, feel kind of very slack or. Uh, kind of feel very in negative um, but uh, it is that feeling that positive feeling which you get um, by believing in God Almighty and as a result of this um, you get more blessings from Allah Almighty and um, then yeah obviously but here we have got our next guest yes indeed um so Daniel, we have with us uh, Malik Takrim Ahmed. He is a fourth-year medical student at King's College London. He is also the president of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Students Association, known as AMSA. Um, and Takrim is also from Bradford as well. Um, Malik Takrim Ahmed, good morning. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. for having me on today, and a good morning to you too. Jazakallah. Uh, so, Takrim, how does Alzheimer's affect a, a person's life? Well, Alzheimer's affects a person in quite a different way, a number of ways, actually. But to go back to it, I think we have to understand the cause. Um, so, put it very succinctly, it's a progressive neurodegenerative condition, which means that over the course of a while, for example, uh, your brain uh, kind of degenerates and gets kind of worse over time. The reason being is that Alzheimer's is linked to a neurohormone called acetylcholine. And that fulfills the role of transmitting impulses in the brain and around the body as well. So essentially, the cause of Alzheimer's is age-related changes in the brain, along with genetic and environmental and lifestyle changes. So the way it affects someone's life is we think about it in four A's, basically. Amnesia, aphasia, agnosia, and apraxia. So amnesia is memory loss. So people might have struggled in concentration, can't remember where they put their keys, or remember even who their, who their family members are, for example. 
aphasia is speech problems. So trouble speaking, slurred speech, or even sometimes inability to kind of forget the language that they're speaking in. Mm. And agnosia, uh, recognition skill problems. Similarly, they can't recognize what certain objects are. They might see a toaster, they might, but they might not know what a toaster is, for example. Mm. Um, and finally, apraxia. So the ability to carry out skilled motor tasks. Um, so essentially, you know, hand-eye coordination and kind of being clumsy, so to say, um, is a classic symptom. Of course, these symptoms are quite varied. They can significantly affect, you know, a person's quality of life and their ability to carry out daily tasks. So this is why people with Alzheimer's are usually much more vulnerable and also dependent on the people around them. So what are the common causes uh, and how can these be, you know, how can they be prevented then? So the reality is that it's difficult to point to one thing as a primary cause because okay. it's quite multifactorial. Um, I mentioned the the degradation or the deficit of acetylcholine, so neurotransmitter. Um, but also, that is not just due to age. It can be due to genetic, environmental, and lifestyle factors, factors as well. Um, the primary cause from a biological and a uh, physiological point of view is a buildup of uh, substances in the brain called amyloid and tau substances. And they basically form tangles, we call them, and affect the normal brain functioning. Um, and essentially, so one way of treating that, one way kind of, of uh, attacking that, is to treat them with acetylcholinesterase inhibitors. So these are medicines that you might have heard of or seen before, or mm. seen perhaps older family members take, denepazil, rubastigmine, nemantine, um, and these are kind of chemicals that try to slow down the, the reduction in acetylcholine. And they try and maintain adequate level of acetylcholine in the brain. They sort the breakdown, essentially. So this is a treatment like this, for example, but it's not a cure really, it's just a delay because over time, eventually, the acetylcholine neurotransmitter levels will go down. Um, unfortunately, there's no, no such cure at the moment, but there are drugs undergoing clinical trials, but nothing you know, substantive at the moment. Can symptoms you know, of Alzheimer's, can they, can they worsen as daylight begins to fade? So that is an interesting question, actually. One symptom of dementia, actually, is having a mix of internal body clock. So, for example, a person living with Alzheimer's might feel tired during the day and awake during the night. Mm. And so that means that when there's low lighting, such as when there's reduced daylight, this can increase shadows and this causes a bit of a conflict within the body um, that the person does not kind of, is confused as to whether it's nighttime or daylight and it's further confused by their, their symptoms of Alzheimer's. So they might experience hallucinations and become a bit more agitated, a bit more confused. Um, and then again, when daylight increases, uh, daylight decreases, therefore, the symptoms might increase, um, the, you know, there's an inverse relationship there. Um, another reason I was thinking about this, actually, is the lack of vitamin D. Um, so vitamin D is known to participate in kind of clearing out the amyloid um, and kind of also provide protection against the tau uh, aggregates. So these are the toxic chemicals you can say in the brain that, that, building up, that build up during Alzheimer's. Um, and so therefore, low-level serum vitamin D have actually been associated with greater risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. So you can say that the le- le- less vitamin D during uh, winter, for example, is could be a co- could be mm. uh, a reason uh, for increased symptoms of uh, so that, ADHD. That's uh, your advice to the listeners for today. That that take your uh, vitamin Ds for today, right? Well, I, I wouldn't give medical advice yet, but I'd say it's a good idea to do so. <laughs> good, good, okay. Um, and brother Takrim, can you please tell us a bit more about um, AMSA and its aims before before we let you go? Of course. So AMSA is, as you mentioned, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Student Association UK. And so essentially it's the student body of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association, which is the largest Muslim youth association in the country. Essentially what we do is we provide educational activities, we carry out outreach activities, and we also carry out uh, socials at universities. Uh, for example, we just had a debate with the Christian Union Society at Warwick. We also have an event coming up next Tuesday on St. George, at St. George's on the scientific miracles of the Holy Quran. 
beyond that, we have social dinners every two weeks in universities, and we're establishing 34 universities across the UK, so quite a large number, by the grace of God. And so I would recommend any Hamley students that are in university in the UK um, to definitely reach out to people that you know might know what AMSA is, and we can get you in contact with your local president and the local committee and so on and so forth. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Takreem. Thank you for uh, joining us and being with us. Um, may Allah the Almighty help you in all your endeavours and all your studies as well. So that was uh, Malik Takreem Ahmed, a fourth-year medical student at King's College London, um, who is also the president of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Students Association, AMSA. Um, dear listeners, we have a, a short clip um, in, 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 for this segment. Uh, you know, it's from the, um, from the God Summit program by Review of Religions in answer to the question of suffering. So I remember uh, the fourth Khalifa, Hazrat Mr. Tahir Ahmad, Allah bless him always, he spoke about this in his book called Revelation Rationality. And he said, those people who complain of the suffering of life, you ask them, you give them a choice. Would you want to be that worm beneath your feet? Who in a sense is probably quite happy living in its, 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 its realm of dirt, and whatever it's eating and has lack of sensory perception of a lot of pain as we have. But the poor worm is of a lower consciousness and doesn't feel as much pain as we do. It's not suffering because you ripped that poor worm out of its family system in the ground and took it to the ocean to, to, to be used for fish. And so what anyone in this world who's asking God, why suffering? would want to go back to a level where we didn't suffer so much and think that's a better world for us. Think that that's a better plan. God keep us all at that level of a lower consciousness where we don't have the struggles we have now in the human family. And I'm sure there's very few, even amongst atheists who would say, yeah, that's a better life. I, I think that's the way to go. And so we understand from this concept that the trial of life and death is what brought us from that lower organism called the amoeba to what is now the human being, and continues to propel us forward on the path of progress and evolution and perfection of our beings. And this is a mercy, a blessing that comes from that being who understood his creation better than anyone else. In this sense, again, the verse of Quran speaks about, it's universal. So there's no injustice in this system in which we all live. You could say that if it was like a system where only the haves are getting it and the haves not, then you would say, God, you're unjust. We are suffering in this part of the world in America, but the people in the other part of the world are not suffering. So God, your system isn't balanced. But as we can see across the board, as I said, not even those who disbelieve in God. Imagine the case of those who believe in God. God says, even them, you're going to go to this trial of life and death. Dear listeners, uh, we have uh, come to the end of this show. Uh, do join us. Um, you know, we, we invite you to stay tomorrow and join us for more exciting episodes and incredible guests. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I would like to thank um, Daniel Ahmed, my uh, co-host. Um, I would like to thank the, the researchers team and our producer, Daniel uh, Nasir. Uh, 
and also our technician without whom uh, you know we me and Daniel wouldn't be able to operate uh, brother Sheriar uh, and then I would also like to thank you our listener for uh, joining us and and being with us and our uh, guests who shed light on um on 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 our segments for us um dear listeners thank you very much and may the peace and blessings of allah be upon you all